Apple's big fall event is happening next week, and in this episode of the Macworld Podcast, we talk about what we expect to see, new iPhones, new Apple Watches, and more. Stay tuned and find out what's in store. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. Wanderlust. Not Wanderlust. I always want to say Wanderlust, but it's Wanderlust. No, no, it's Wanderlust. Now you you got it backwards, Roman. Wanderlust is Apple's new word for this. Wanderlust is an actual thing. Right. (laughs) In any case, whatever you want to call it, it's Apple's event. It's happening on September 12th, so that's a week from when we're recording this. Starting at 10 I think Apple Pacific. chooses their, their event names just to, just to screw with journalists because it's always something that's like it was peak performance last year, but peak as in P-E-E-K, not P-E-A-K. And it was just like, come on, like you're going to make me make my brain remember that every time I type this now. Yeah, it's always some pun. It's always a play on words. Right. Yeah, it's almost bad jokey in a way. Yes. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is the... Uh, fall event that everybody kind of is familiar with and it's when apple reveals the new iphone and apple watches uh maybe we could even see some new airpods this time around in any case uh on this episode we're talking about what we expect and we have a lot to cover so we should get started the spotlight will be on the iphone 15 uh i guess we can expect like usual the iPhone 15, and iPhone 15 Plus, and then the Pro models. Should we also expect the iPhone 15 to basically be the iPhone 14 Pro in terms of specs? Uh, yeah, with the exception of telephoto. Yeah, but you'll get the chip from the Pro. You'll get Dynamic Island. It, it's not going to have the steel frame that it's going to be back to the still the aluminum frame, but just for the for the most part, you'll get kind of that display, those camera sensors, with the exception no telephoto, and that um, processor. And, and we as, we assume it won't have an always on display. I assume because that's probably still those um, high refresh, low refresh displays. Yeah, they're supposed to be sure. no ProMotion and. I right. think that they comes down to the dis- yeah. it comes down to the display controller not going down to like one hertz or whatever. So they were not there there could not be always on display, which would be a shame. That doesn't it seem would. like the kind of thing they yeah, need. Yeah, it to. doesn't need to be a pro feature. I mean, like you can buy a two hundred dollar Android phone that has an always on display these days. Yes. Yep. But Apple has positioned it as a higher end feature and it, it seems I thought it was gonna stay that way. But for all intents and purposes, you're getting the A16 chip, which is in the iPhone 14 Pro. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably going to get that 48 megapixel wide camera that yep. was introduced last year in the Pro as well, which will take you know more detailed shots. It uses pixel binning um, to take to take better, crisper shots. And I guess that's that, that's the two biggest changes. I'm- curious if and, and the dynamic island i'm curious if you'll be able to take 48 megapixel shots because the, the, the non-pro iphones don't take right pro res photos right i mean they're not pro the, res, the uh, pro, don't the take pro 
don't take pro raw photos. That's correct. Yeah. And if that's the only way to take the actual 48 megapixel shot, otherwise you get a right. 12 megapixel shot where each pixel is like four pixels combined. Yeah. So yeah, I wonder they, if they it's just going to be, if it's just going to be that, why are they using the 48 megapixel <laughs> sensor? Or are they going to either allow you to take a 48 megapixel HEIC or a bring pro raw to the non pro phones? Maybe not pro res video recording, but still, but pro raw photos or something. So is there still a benefit in clarity or? low light or whatever it is if they were to just allow you to do the pixel binning version would it would it still be better than the one before it i mean it's hard to say uh because you don't know what they would have replaced it with the the 12 megapixel sensor they had before which is already like a four-year-old sensor is it better than a more modern 12 megapixel sensor like i i wouldn't necessarily say so so yeah it's, i'm curious what they're gonna do if there's going to be a way to take a 48 megapixel picture on the 15 non-pro. That sounds like it's going to be a, a pro feature. Well, it is now. So the, the rumors are that it's going to get that. It, it'll get that camera. The main camera will be upgraded from 12 megapixels to 48 megapixels. As Jason says, it's just a question of how they implement it. I mean, I don't know how many people buying that phone would take 48 megapixel photos anyway or even know that they can. It would be it would be interesting if they the camera was technically capable of doing it, but they wouldn't let you actually do it on the phone. Yeah, one place it would help is that since you don't have a telephoto lens on the non-pro models, doing the telephoto that's just cropping in, you know, the, their digital zoom, you can go all the way down up to four x essentially. You know, like you can you can do the middle fourth of the sensor, just those 12 megapixels and basically get a digital zoom that's not blurry. There's some distortion compared to like an actual lens with a narrower focal length, right? A longer focal length, but it's still, it's still something. So that's, that's one way the 48 megapixels could help. You just got better, better zoom on the camera that has no telephoto. Yeah. Right now you have like, basically zero or maybe maybe 2x until it starts breaking down on the uh on the non-pro models i mean but it's always yeah it's always actually zooming in whereas having a 48 megapixel sensor you could just use the center 12 megapixels to get a, a good digital zoom with no actual you know you're not actually blowing up the image any crop zoom's kind of hacky but it's it's better you know if you don't have a telephoto lens, it's better than nothing. So we'll see. Uh, so maybe we should also cover what we could see in the pro models and then what we could see in all the phones, hint, hint, USB-C. So the pro models. That's where all the action is again. Yeah. So all the new features show up on the pro models. We'll probably see an upgrade to the processor to the A17. There's a rumor that the mute switch is going to be replaced by an action button. So it's an action button. Could one of you guys explain what the action button is all about? Yeah, that's 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 probably one of my favorite changes. They've had a, a, an actual switch to go mute or not mute since the original iPhone. And now they're just going to have a button. And by default, when you're just kind of doing nothing, you would just 
press that button and it would toggle between mute and not mute, but you can also set it to do things just like the action button on the Apple watch ultra. Um, of course that does watch type stuff. This would do other things, but you'd be able to launch a shortcut with it or launch an application or take a photo or what, you know, I, they'll be able by with software to determine what that button does. But that's the thing about it. That's so great over the years, they can, with software change, what does this do? And there's only two states for mute. There's only mute and not mute. So it, it makes perfect sense that you could replace that with a button and then also do other stuff with that button. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the mute button on the iPhone is one of the best buttons, I'll say, because most Android phones don't have one. And you got it. You know, you can do it. You can go into your control center or your settings or whatever and hit the, the software button. It's handy to have if it's on. Mine's mostly off, but I do have it on sometimes. And if you walk into someplace and they say, shut your phone off, you don't do boop, just kind of click it and it's done. But if you keep it off or on all the time, it's that button is or that right now that switch is useless because mm -hmm. it's not something you're doing every day. It's not something you're even doing every week. So the action button, which will, I don't know, presumably give you different like you can turn the flashlight on, maybe it'll act as a camera shutter or something like that. They found some things in the uh, betas that supposedly lists what they would do. So one is uh, accessibility, just like you can triple click the side button to like do zoom or voiceover or whatever, you know, you could press the button instead for that. Shortcuts, launch a shortcut, which that has enormous <laughs> um possibilities right that alone just makes a bunch of things toggle silent mode you know that's your replacing the switch camera which would be probably launch the camera app maybe also take a photo who knows um but flashlight turn the flashlight on and off that is another one that's really handy i think a lot of people are would appreciate uh not I, there's a lot of fiddling around with the phone that people do to try and turn on the flashlight and you usually kind of need it in a hurry right yeah. turning on and off a of focus mode um uh, magnifier although maybe i don't know how that's separate from accessibility that's normally one of the accessibility things launch translate or voice memos and maybe voice memos is like camera maybe it doesn't just launch the app maybe it launches the app and starts one so that seems to be at least the rumor is that's the initial list of things that we'll do, although we don't know the, the finer details. And already you can just think, you can just see how being able to launch a particular shortcut with the touch of a button can completely change how you use your phone. Because right now it's like you either have to open the shortcuts app and do a thing or make a widget on your screen or you have to open the share menu and then hit like shortcuts and then yeah i mean that it's always three or four steps just having a one touch do this thing because shortcuts can do a lot and it's also the the quickness of it like you don't have to look at the phone and lock the phone swipe tap uh or find the thing do, do there's a quick tap you don't even have to look at your screen it's it's uh it seems as though if assuming it's implemented the way the rumors say just a fantastic upgrade. Uh, and it has impacts on cases and stuff too. Right now, cases have to have cutouts there. Yeah, because you, you got to get your little finger your finger in there just to kind of flip it. And a lot of them are – it makes it difficult because the cases 
doesn't quite line up or maybe it has a bit of a, of a raised edge and you got to really get your fingernail in there to move it. So, I agree. It's going to make casings much, much more practical, much easier to use. Yeah. And a lot of the super durable cases that are big have like a little, it's almost like a pass through. It's like there's a switch yeah, yeah, yeah. that, that yeah. flips a lever that pushes the actual switch and that doesn't, it's hard to get it fit right. And so it just, it's going to be a lot easier to have a button. We will definitely see some camera upgrades. There's been rumors that there'll be support for 8K video recording. Uh, there's also been a re- reports of a periscope lens with a 6x optical zoom. Now, are are these with both pro versions, so the pro and pro max, or do the, we know if it's only the, the pro max? The periscope lens is supposed to be just the pro max, or maybe they'll call it the ultra. But that's the version that's supposed to have the periscope lens. All the other camera upgrades are supposed to be for all the pro both pro models. We we haven't heard a single rumor that disputes the fact that, or disputes the report that the iPhone 15 Pro Max will have what they call a periscope zoom lens, which kind of works like a submarine does. So it uses mirrors to refract light and allows for higher optical zooming. We saw this on the couple of Android phones, but most notably the uh, the Galaxy. I think it was the S20 Ultra. It goes back that far. They've had it for a while. Um, so they're able to get like a hundred X digital zoom and 10 X optical zoom. And if you've tried it, it's, it's pretty good. It really blows the hell out of the iPhone currently. So I don't know if Apple's going to go that high. I would doubt it. But even if they go to like 30 X digital and six or eight X or 10 X optical, that's a massive, massive improvement over what's offered now. But the rumors say you're going to have to buy the big model to get it. Yeah, even six or six or eight X native zoom, but then yeah. getting realistically double that uh, of digital zoom yeah. before it starts to break down and not look good still gives you, you know, like a good twelve to twelve X to sixteen X, fifteen X zoom looks yeah. really good. That's that's a lot of zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, right now we got three X optical, and honestly, over, anything over ten is don't even bother. Yeah, I would say I would say even even eight doesn't look good. Just Maybe. basically, you yeah, can double you can, say, you can yeah, double sure. the yeah. optical basically. Yeah, I, I try not to go beyond five if I have to, so because it because it just looks like a mess. It's a huge a huge boost, and um, apparently it's going to be a. Uh, maybe the iPhone 16 will bring it to the other model, but right now it's a it's a, a Pro Max only. So if you don't like big phones, you're kind of stuck. It leaves you in a weird place for between your wide and your zoom, though, because six X or so optical zoom is a lot. And if you only want to zoom in three X or four X, you're going to be doing like a digital crop zoom thing on the mm-hmm. main wide camera, which is a 48 megapixel sensor, but it's not going to have the zoom like sort of focal length. It's just going to be sort of a crop zoom and it, it, it looks weird. And they try, Apple tries to make the jump seamless when it switches lenses. And that's going to be harder to do when you have like a really mm-hmm. long lens versus what the wide angle is, like an actual lens, because there's a geometry shift. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's right going to be interesting what it does. It also reports that the. I think it's the ultra wide. Yeah, the ultra wide is going to get the same 48 megapixel lens that the wide angle has now, 
that would also be coming to both phones. Mm -hmm. Probably the same thing, the pixel binning and, you know, you can take a raw version if you want the full size, all that stuff. Yeah. So the, the wide is rumored to be a new sensor from Sony. The actual sensor that's in there now, the 48 megapixel sensor isn't especially new. Um, but the brand new technology from Sony with more sensitivity. So better low light and all that stuff. Even just with your regular wide every day, I'm just pulling my phone out of my pocket, taking a quick 12 megapixel shot of me and my friends. Like, <laughs> I know you guys are all excited about uh, the possible possibility of a new LIDAR scanner. <laughs> I, I say that with tongue firmly placed in cheek. Yeah. yeah I don't think, I mean, LIDAR is still what we got a year and a half to three years away from it being useful with the Vision Pro. But, uh, you know, they're definitely positioning that. I think it'll make a little more sense next year with those because they showed during the Vision Pro announcement at WWDC, they showed those like spatial videos, they called them, which was like a 3D where you kind of put yourself into like a moment rather than just a flat static image. That's probably the intended main use for this stuff. But uh, right now, yeah, I don't think I, my guess is 98% of people don't even know they have it on their phone, let alone use it. Yeah. The, the LiDAR sensor now, it, it's great for the AR apps. You know, it lets you very quickly kind of get a more accurate AR thing and they help with low light photography. It's, it's a better way to kind of get a range to your target when there's not much light. Uh, so it like autofocus in low light is what it's good at. But, uh, the, the change in the LIDAR isn't like it's so much better. It's more like it's a smaller, cheaper part for Apple. It's not a, it's not like this massive qualitative improvement. So it's not even something a person would notice. Um, also, new, uh, it's allegedly going to use titanium for the sides. This is the Pro and the Pro Max. Um, titanium instead of stainless steel. The benefits there are fairly obvious, but it's it's stronger, so it won't scratch as easily, and it's also extremely light um, compared to stainless steel. So it should really cut down on, particularly with the Pro Max reports, are that it's going to drop by about 20 grams, which is, that's a lot. It doesn't sound like that much, but that is a lot. So that's a that's a huge barrier right now for a lot of people. It's pretty, it's a very heavy phone. So this, this would help a lot. I do want to manage everyone's expectations about the strength of titanium. Titanium is not stronger than steel. There are a million steel variants out there uh, many of them are stronger than titanium. Most of them are harder than titanium. That's your scratching. Strength is how easy it is to break. Hardness is how easy it is to scratch. Almost all the, the like surgical stainless steel, all the most of the stainless steel things are like harder than titanium. Titanium is very hard to break. Uh, it's ductile and stuff, but it bends more easily than most stainless steel things. It's main benefits are heat resistance and weight and heat resistance is not the kind of thing you really care about too much in a cell phone it's great for uh, aircraft and stuff but it's not so the, the real the real benefit for it is going to be uh weight to to most people's every day like they use a very strong type of steel they made a big deal about it when they first switched the to the steel bodies on the the pros so I wouldn't necessarily go, well, it's not going to scratch as easily or it's not going to get dented when I drop it and something it, that might be possible, 
but that's that's an expectation I wouldn't go into this with. I would just go in thinking, well, it's going to be lighter, and that's good because they're heavy phones. <laughs> like like even compared to other top of the line like expensive thousand dollar phones, like a lot of them are either lighter or they feel lighter. We got the titanium frame. Is the design going to change at all for the pros? There's been some rumors about like, yeah, like the 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 way the edges, the bezels are chamfered is going to be slightly different or something. It's not going to it's not going to suddenly not look like an iPhone. It's going to have the same big squircle in the back for the cameras with the three offset camera lenses and stuff. It's they're not switching to like a bar or anything like that. It's going to look for most people like an iPhone and you know you'll you'll see some refined differences they said slightly thicker and when it's thicker we're talking about like a fraction of a millimeter uh the biggest change that people say is the bezels are going to shrink quite a bit i mean they're not exactly large now but they're going to be maybe 25% thinner so when you look at that little border around your screen is going to be even s- slimmer and finding a case that fits properly is going to be even more important. <laughs> uh, the dynamic island, uh, from what we've heard, the same. Like, that's not changing. Colors are going to be a little different. They have what looks like kind of starlight and midnight. I don't know what they'll call them. Probably not midnight because those have a little blue in it. It might be space gray. But there's like a white and a black or black space gray or whatever. And the space gray is kind of a light pale gray. It's not. It's not that – it's not very black. Yeah, it, it's similar to the one they have now. If it hits the light the right way, it looks like there's 50 different shades of space gray in Apple's lineup, and it's this is this is not a darker one. If you're looking hoping for a black phone, so those two, and then apparently a color called Titan Gray, which looks like raw titanium. It's like a raw titanium color, and then the the color for this one is like a blue, deep blue, like a like a dark like a dark navy kind of like the macbook the macbook air uh the the midnight macbook air looks similar to that color yeah not quite as much black in it but but a very dark blue color those are supposed to be the four colors and the non-pro iphone 15's colors look from the mock-ups we've seen very pale almost pastel uh so the one major change we could see across all the iphone models is the switch to USB-C, it's, it's a good thing because you'll be able to, Apple will be able to support faster charging uh, speeds. I mean, they could have done that now, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know what tops out with Lightning. I don't know where they- Well, they it's their thing. They could have made it, they could have improved it over the last 12, 10 years. <laughs> right, but now, I mean, you break compatibility at some point. You need more pins or bigger pins or something like that, so- I think they may have reached the kind of limit with Lightning, um, with without changing the protocol, and then why this? You're, then you're in an Apple Pencil situation where it's like my 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 thing has a Lightning two port, but it looks like the Lightning one, and it doesn't work. Yeah, so it'll be nice because everything kind of uses USB C except for Apple, so it's it'll be good. There was so there's been this debate Lightning versus USB for a while. When when Lightning came out ten years ago. There was no USB-C. It was it was a, for lack of a better word, revolutionary in the sense that you can plug it in either way. It was tiny, smaller than anything out there. 
uh, whereas you know micro USB was there, but you had to you know that had to be a certain way. You had to line it up. It was it was janky and and annoying. Lightning was awesome in in 2012. In 2023, I think we'll all be there'll be some grumbling, there'll be some hollering, but for the most part, switching to USB is a good thing for for us. Well, they've already switched the power adapters. They're already USB C. They give you the cable still. So you don't really have anything. Not, not much is changing. Yeah, not much is changing. Like what what changes is if you're still rocking an old boombox or radio or something that has a dock. <laughs> like a, when they were docking iPods, like if you have a lightning dock somewhere that's like a plug lightning dock, well, that, now you, you've got an issue. But honestly, most people, most of these things have been replaced by just Bluetooth connections and wireless charging. Like there's not a lot of lightning dock stuff in use these days. Yeah, and I assume Apple will come out with some kind of a, a USB-C lightning adapter for those people. Yeah, or the third parties or something. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Um yeah, I don't know about adapters or not. Haven't heard anything. But it, they say the iTone 15s will have USB-C with essentially the same data speeds you have today, basically USB, you know, two speeds and that the Pro models will get Thunderbolt if you're the kind of person who plugs in your phone and transfers data over the wire a lot, I don't know a lot of people who do that. Even even people who have big data transfers to do that that I see just airdrop it. Like <laughs> but but if that's you, then that's that's that. Um and there's been some rumors about like sort of better charging performance, but going from 20 watts to like 30 watts isn't for the first 40% of your charging or something, it's not gonna make a huge difference. It's not gonna that's not going to change your life. You'll be able to have one charger. If you have a MacBook, you have an iPad, you have an iPhone, you got one charger, take a take a 40-watt, 35- to 60-watt charger with you and, you, and you're good. You can already take that charger. You If you have the Lightning to USB-C cable yeah, that well, comes it's with the, the modern phones, you can already do that. But now you've got to – yeah, you don't have to take multiple cables with you everywhere. I can't even tell you how many times over the last three years I've traveled with my family and either forgotten a lightning cable and had to buy one or forgotten a USB-C cable from my son's iPad and had to buy one. So it is an issue <laughs> and it, this will make it much easier. And it's not, it's not fun for me having two of these cables like balled up in my car's center console, you know. <laughs> The funny thing to me will be Apple will almost certainly uh, talk about this as this great new change. Yes. Ignoring that they were forced to do this by the EU and fought tooth and nail against it, right? <laughs> yeah. And they're going to be like, look how great this is. It's like, people have been asking you to do this for years. You've been able to do this for years. You fought against the regulation to make you do this. Now you're going to act like it's the best thing ever. And it is a good thing. Just th and they should they should say it's a good thing, but don't pretend you didn't fight against it. Nobody knows. Nobody out there in the world knows. And you like we'll never know if it's true or not, but that Apple actually developed for the most part USB-C way back when using, you know, I guess what it had learned from, it, it's not based on the lightning spec, but using what it had learned from lightning to develop USB-C. They were part of that whole consortium, but there's a the rumor is that they had a major hand in the development of that port. I don't know why they didn't just make the decision on their own. They use it on the iPad, they use it on the MacBook. Clearly they like it. <laughs> but they just they did not want to put it on the iPhone. The big parts of that were uh were Apple and Intel. 
uh, and it's the sort of newer Thunderbolt technologies, which used to be marketed under the name Light Peak. Was that was sort of like yep. Intel's marketing, and and there was actually I actually reviewed a Sony laptop a million years ago that had a quote Light Peak connection, and there was an optical option for that, and they kind of dropped the optical option and everything. I I wouldn't necessarily say Apple was like the inventor of USB C, but Apple and Intel were the biggest contributors in that consortium. We should talk about the price because it's probably going to be a little bit higher, particularly for the pros. Yeah, the non-pros may be the same price, but the pros are supposed to go up one to two hundred dollars. Maybe a hundred dollars for the Pro and two hundred for the Pro Max, maybe you know who knows. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of rumors about like we get that rumor regularly. Apple, for you know, f- to its credit, has kept the phone at nine ninety nine, the the base phone since the iPhone ten that was in twenty seventeen, I think. I think this is finally the year when the rumors are actually true, where we'll be paying ten ninety nine for the iPhone, uh, the six point one inch Pro, and probably eleven, maybe even twelve ninety nine for the uh, Pro Max. Um, there's also a rumor that they're going to increase the storage to 256 at the low end, which would kind of help offset that a little bit because that costs 100 bucks as it as it stands. But which um, is outrageous. <laughs> yeah, for sure, it's outrageous. Yeah, that's like the movie theater popcorn sizes. Like, it, you know, Apple's just pocketing all that money. <laughs> oh, for sure. The iPhone SE. Might as well talk about it quick. We have no idea. It's not coming next week. I can tell you that much. No. But we have heard literally every other month, it's coming, it's not coming, it's coming, it's not coming. It's a new design, it's an old design. Like I, We have no clue. Yeah. So, <laughs> not next week. That's all we can tell you. <laughs> but there is a question of whether or not Apple's, um, the older phone, so the iPhone 14, iPhone 13, which they stick around, will they have USB-C or will they still have lightning ports? That's unclear. Yeah, it's, it's almost certain they're going to still have lightning ports. They're not going to change them. And they don't have to. The EU law does not require you to right. change old things. In addition to the iPhones, we're going to get new Apple Watches. This is time for the Series 9. But we haven't heard a whole lot about what the Series 9 is going to have. The only solid rumor we have is that it's going to get an S9 chip that will actually be different this year. Jason could talk a little more about it, but that's the that's the main rumor we've heard. Yeah, the last three, the 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 S six, seven, and eight chips have all been pretty much identical, and the only changes in those Apple watches have been like new sensors, new accelerometers, and all this other stuff. And those enable new features, but uh, the actual processor has been the same. And the S nine is supposed to actually be a new processor. Probably jumping from seven nanometers to five nanometers, and I, who knows what the better performance is? It's not like you can really benchmark an Apple Watch. <laughs> they seem to be fast already. I don't know, but but people say they expect the design to be the same. No new sensors this time. It's really just the processor, and yeah. and I really couldn't tell you. I would expect that to have better battery life. I think the battery life is going to be the same as every Apple Watch ever. <laughs> It's going to be 10 hours or whatever. It's going to be interesting. So, if that's true, and, you know, what Jason says is what we've heard. Yeah. Like, how do they position this new model as something that you want? 
Like they always find a way to yeah. sell it. The, uh, the Series Seven had a slightly larger screen. Series Eight had the temperature sensor and crash detection and things like that. So there's going to have to be something right. that, other than the new chip, because it's really hard to sell performance on a watch when yeah it's been good enough for years. Yeah, uh, it, there could be something we really just don't know. It's like the screen's a little brighter or something like that. But I expect the Apple Watch section of the presentation to be relatively thin with the exception of they're going to talk about some of the health and fitness stuff coming to watch OS 10. That's not exclusive to the series nine, but they're going to intro the series nine. They're going to start talking about some watch OS 10 features that aren't exclusive, but they're not going to say that. And it will all kind of sound to regular people like watch OS nine. I mean, watch us like series nine, like features. the watch hardware, right? Yeah, like, right. The, like, like these are features done, of the they've watch. Done that in the past, yeah. Yeah, if you just kind of switch to talking about software features that several models get, and you don't really say <laughs> this is not exclusive to this new watch we just talked about, then it just sounds like these are features of that new watch. So uh, I expect that kind of thing at the event, if anything. We've heard rumors of a new Apple Watch Ultra as well. Yeah, I mean, same thing. New chip. And as Jason's written before, like, it would be really weird to have the Series 9 have this new chip that they're going to talk up and then have the Apple Watch Ultra have the old chip when it's more and positioned as a higher end model. So they almost have to update it yeah. if they're going to add a new chip. They might not even mention, like, other than like a passing thing, if that's all it is, because it's going to be the same price and the same. You know features and stuff. If it's just a chip, maybe it's maybe it's just the website also mm -hmm. says new and it has the S9 chip. They've yep. done that before too. The big new Apple Watch is allegedly coming next year. The Apple Watch Series 10, Series X. Yeah, next year or the spring after, or something like that. But they're they're doing something special for the 10th anniversary. One old thing that might be changed, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure why or what we get, but like. There's a rumor that we're going to get USB-C AirPods without any sort of even a hint or rumor or an explanation about other than having USB-C on the charge case instead of lightning, what it is. Like, which model AirPods is it? Or is it more than one? Does it do anything other than replace that lightning port with USB-C? Like, you know, is it got different price, new features, any, anything else? Or... uh is, are they even going to mention it? Like it might go on sale. It might be a change. It might be updated on the website. German's latest report says that it's at least the AirPods Pro case. Now, that's similar to what they did not last year, but the year before with the iPhone 13. When, when the iPhone 13 launched, they updated the AirPods Pro. At the time, it was, a it was still the first gen. The case got updated with MagSafe. Otherwise, it was the same, same price, same everything. But if you bought them after that date, you could also use MagSafe. I'm assuming it's a similar thing. I don't understand why. So if German or not MagSafe, only the Pro, uh, the Pro was always MagSafe. Uh, it got the you could use the Apple Watch charger on. Well, that was the, that was the second gen. I think the, oh, okay. the that was the second gen case. Yeah, yeah. The Apple Watch. Charger. Maybe you're right because the MagSafe was with the iPhone 12, and then a year later, I think they just updated the case. But if it if they only do the Pro. The AirPods Pro, it's, it would be strange not to have the third gen have lightning. And the big one is the AirPods Max, which haven't been updated in almost three years. 
really needs a uh, Jason Rudd article a couple of weeks ago. They really need help. Like they're overpriced. They're getting they're getting beaten by every competitor out there, including Beats. And it has a lightning. Re- it still has a lightning port. So like that, there's a lot of issues there. Yeah. So that probably needs a complete, or at least a, a more than just switching lightning to USB C. But we haven't heard any rumors about an AirPods Max two coming out next week. So I wouldn't expect that. Should I throw into pure speculation wish list kind of uh, segment now? There's there's been some rumors before about a new iPad Mini. Uh, probably just a processor upgrade there too. Not not a new design or any really major new features. Just jumping up the processor. The iPad Mini has the iPhone at the, as the A15. Okay, so yeah, I might get an A16 update. It would get an A. I I I don't know why it would need that. Like what's like? Because yeah. it going to change anything about the Mini now? No. no. <laughs> um, it already no. has Apple Pencil two support. It already has the new camera. It already has center stage. Yeah. It already has the new design. So I don't know why or if they would feel the need to do it, but Jason's right. There has been some rumors. Otherwise, the iPad, all of them are, are next year. Yeah. There hasn't been one this year. And there's, if they're in, other than the Mini, there, there probably won't. And then there's the Macs, which are likely in October. They never, ever do Macs in September. I don't think there's ever yeah. been a time when Apple has introduced a new Mac in September. If we're, if we're doing wish list, I'd like to see AirTag 2 with like a proper little hole for a keychain. <laughs> yeah, why uh, don't make me buy a case for this just to yeah. clip it onto something. It's, it's the, the most annoying thing. part of the AirTag. I, I honestly like I use it my I have one in my son's backpack. I have one in my on my keys. I have yeah. one in my wallet. Like it's good. But it, yeah. the design is so frustratingly Apple. Yeah. My I, I bought my wife a four pack before she went on her last trip because the trip before that there she had a, a lost luggage nightmare but we both did actually and we and I was just like well fine I'll just get you the four pack yeah. <laughs> and and then you put one in your backpack put one in your bag all this stuff and it's been great they work they work fine they do their thing but it's like you you kind of need to buy a case yeah you do unless you're throwing it into like you said a luggage that's the right. only place if it's on a set of keys you have to buy a stupid key loop yeah. which Right. They're like twelve bucks. It's like half the price of the AirTag. <laughs> yeah. Unless you buy a real cheap silicon one on Amazon. Like they're not cheap. My wish list item, and it's always on my list, is I hope they up the free iCloud storage. Ah, yes. So oh, that's yeah. the perennial wish list item. That seems like a WWDC announcement, if anything, but you never know. It's been five gigs for like a Forever. I think it's Forever. I don't think they ever changed it. I think it was since when it was yeah. first launched. Since it was called iCloud for sure. And listen, I I have the family plan. Jason has the family plan. I'm sure Roman pays for storage, but there's a lot of people who don't. And five gigs just is literally useless. Yeah. Like you can't really do anything with that with five gigs anymore. So just make it fifteen. They, they wouldn't lose any money. They're not gonna lose any money by making it fifteen gigs. It seems like um I, especially since they're already doing that thing where if you want to back up your phone to upgrade to a new phone, you know, you're doing your iCloud backup, it will already let you go over your limit for that. Like it, it recognizes that and goes like, we're temporarily going to let you like do this. So the, I, I just don't know what the, what the, what's the point of being this chintzy with it. I don't know. 
So with the release of the new phones and even the new watches, we'll get the releases of the updated operating systems, uh, iOS 17, watchOS 10. But yeah, iOS 17 is probably coming Monday. Uh, was that Monday the f- 18th, 17th? The Monday after the, Monday the event. Monday after the event. Yeah, whatever that, the 18th. And uh, a, a report from German over the weekend says that iPad OS 17 will come at the same time this year. And l- last year it was delayed because of stage manager by about a month. If you're on the beta track, you'll probably get what they call the release candidate next week. Usually right after the event. Those things usually drop at, at 10 on a Tuesday or Wednesday anyway. So that's, And that's when they have the events. So you can usually expect that. And sometimes there's another little update. They find a problem with that, but uh, usually not. And then you won't get another release you won't get another update on the 18th or whatever. Uh, lots of good stuff in iOS 17, but watchOS 10 is the one that makes relatively significant changes to like the core interface. The button you used to hit to do this is no longer going to do that. It's going to do something else. It's going to take a little getting used to. Larger images for apps. There's an emphasis on like uh, widgets. There's a lot of new stuff there. It's, 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 it's pretty good. Particularly if you have one of the newer, larger screen watches, it's, it's it's good stuff. And Mac OS will be most likely October, though there was a rumor. I think it came from German, and he said that it's possible that they release everything at once. Uh, for for our sake, as writers, please don't do that. After <laughs> <some> time. <laughs> I I honestly think that's best for customers, but it is annoying. Sure, yeah, for, uh, not yeah. for us. This is too much to do. Yeah. Because there's some feature overlap with the yeah, and then there's some not feature yeah. overlap, and you know. So the hardware, the new hardware, usually goes on sale the Friday following the event. Yeah, pre pre-orders pre-orders on Friday the fifteenth. Um, there's still some scatter reports that the iPhone 15 Pro Max might be delayed mm-hmm. by a week or maybe four, but. Something will be available that day. Uh, certainly, the watches, and from what we hear, at least at least three of the phone models. And if it's not delayed, then expect it to be in low supply. Whether that makes it hard to get, we don't know because we just said it might cost two hundred dollars more, and people might turn up their nose at that. So you know, we'll see. Yeah, if you want one and you're willing to pay whatever price Apple puts on it, uh, you should probably grab one pretty early on Friday morning just to make sure you get it. That'll start. Uh, those will start um, shipping on the twenty second, a week later. And we'll have new hardware. We'll post our reviews uh, as soon as we can. Well, that does it for this episode of the MacWorld Podcast, episode eight hundred fifty four. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on threads, that's at Macworld underscore HQ, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Next week, we'll talk about our thoughts on the new products, stuff that we did and did not expect from the event, and you know, the event itself as a whole. So tune in next week for all of that. See you next week.